Let's go to Grant Morris, Dr. Grant Morris, Victoria University of Wellington. Hi, Grant. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Good. Something a bit close to home for you today. The biggest layoffs in New Zealand history. We've already talked to Mike Joy today at Victoria University. who found out he was losing his job and people in various industries are worrying about this at the moment. Yes, and I thought it was interesting to kind of talk about scale. Like when we hear about you know, dozens of jobs or hundreds of jobs or thousands of jobs going and we, we see these numbers and it's hard to make sense of them in terms of, well, you know, what's the what's the scale of this, yeah. particularly, you know, when we compare it to past times. So I thought, well, maybe if we put it in historical context, that might be helpful. Okay, so so what is the background here? So I think, you know, we often hear about a particular organisation or a particular industry laying off lots of staff and we'll, we'll hear about a, a specific number of workers who might be losing their jobs um, and you know, as I said it could be in, in, in low numbers or, or high numbers um, but I think there's a few things to keep in mind is that when we go back in history of course our, our workforce and our population is much is smaller so those raw numbers become a bigger proportion um, and also I think it's important to remember that it Today, we can get quite specific figures. So if an organisation saying we're going to lay off X number of staff, we, we get the figures. But if we go back, say, before the 1890s and really the beginning of proper labour law, employment law protections for workers, it's very hard to know how many people got laid off. Yeah. It's a very fluid work environment and very um, limited rights for workers. So hard to kind of track you know, the, the, the scale of, of layoffs, say, you know, before 1890, 1890s. So where do we look for a useful case study? Well, I've got two two main case studies today, um, both from the 1980s, but I thought I, we should start with at least mentioning the Great Depression because that was kind of the biggest layoff of all. Uh, and it wasn't <laughs> just, of course, you know, a few industries or, or a number of industries. It was pretty much the big chunk of the entire economy. And so, you know, it was just so pervasive, the layoffs, that it swept through the entire economy. And, you know, you went from very few people really on, you know, what what is the equivalent of... Um, you know, unemployed today or, or, you know, in that category before the Great Depression to, you know, approximately 73,000 on either unemployment or relief work, you know, those, those make work jobs, um, you know, in the 1930s and it stayed high right through the 1930s. So as a proportion of the workforce, it was massive. And as I said, you know, some, some industries um, fared, you know, better than others, um, but it was you know, pervasive across the whole economy. Um, where do we go next? What's the second case study? Yeah, so I wanted to pick up on, for scale, to pick up on two examples from the 1980s. And we remember, you know, when the fourth Labour government came in and there were all those challenges left by the protectionist economy that had been running for several decades. And, the, you know, the David Longy and Roger Douglas and Richard Preble decided, right, we've got to do something. Uh, and, and that something <laughs> resulted in a restructuring and a reform of the economy, but also huge job losses. And the, the first one I wanted to talk about was freezing works. And you know um, the processing of meat and the um, you know those freezing works, which were so iconic and dotted around New Zealand's landscape. Um, but between 1986 and 1990, half of New Zealand's freezing workers lost their jobs. So that's about 15,000 workers lost mm. their jobs, and it was like a domino effect. You know, they just went one by one by one. All of these huge employee employers, um, you know, went. 
Um, and so you think of the size of, of that today, but of course, many of them were in relatively small communities or at least on the outskirts of the town. So if we take the uh, Whakatū freezing works just east of Hastings, which is a, quite a well-known case study, uh, they closed in 1986 and laid off every worker. That was 2,200 workers. Um, which even if you took the kind of the whole of the Hastings district, you know, it's about 5% of the working population of, of Hastings and its surrounding area, not to mention the smaller community of, of Whakatū around there. Um, and, and, you know, people talk about it being the second biggest disaster that that area has faced after um, the you know, 1931 earthquake. And then, of course, other another example from the freezing works that listeners will know is Pātea, and of course, the you know um, Patea, Māori, uh, Club and Poirier, and that came out of you know that reaction to that that layoff in 1982. In the Gosh, yeah. yeah, it's conversation for another time, probably. But yeah. we're fascinating to know how many of our current societal problems have their origins in those layoffs and disasters of the 1980s. Mm, mm. The gutting of Heartland, New Zealand, and the you know the the. the, the apparent lack of support for the provinces and so forth. Okay, we'll leave it there on the 1980s freezing works. Um, but then there was also a similar thing going on at New Zealand Railways. Yeah, it wasn't, of course, you know, it was public and private sector, but the public sector got particularly hard hit. And I think that the, the biggest, most obvious example is railways, um, where um, the Minister of Railways, which was Richard Preble at that time, came in and said, look, there's all of this waste. And I think many would have agreed that there was a lot of waste in the New Zealand Railways as at 1984. But the workforce, I had to, and I had to check this a few times, the workforce went from 24,000 down to 5,000. Um, in a matter of years, uh, and it was, you know, you know, again, you know, there were efficiencies to be gained, but the scale of it was just huge. And we've probably all heard those apocryphal stories of waste on the New Zealand railways and people, you know, fixing lines which were no longer in operation or too many guards on the trains or whatever. But the scale of it, when you think about it, and you know, individuals and their communities, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's huge, and it's, and it puts, I suppose, other examples in perspective. What do we learn when we look at these examples and, and look at our history of layoffs? I think there are you know there are particular times where the scale is is, is large, and then there are other times where it's I suppose a, a calmer employment environment, and and the examples you know are, are challenging, but you know historically they're not as big as some of the others. But you know we all I think we all have our personal examples of where we've observed it, and you know just. You know, very quickly to finish, I grew up in Mapangi, which is you know, just uh, southeast of Hamilton. And when the dairy factory there closed in 1986, it transformed the entire village community. Went from, you know, quite a mixed community, many parents working at the dairy factory, to very much an affluent lifestyle block area um, because of that closing and those job losses. You've been back recently? Not for a little while, actually. I went back about. Seven or eight years ago to Mapangi, but it, you know it, it's it's so different to, to what it was in the 1980s and previous to that. Yeah, and I interviewed a dude who talked at some length about what he was up to there, a developer, and I think he was using old um, old railway cottages and turning into quite a flash sort of uh, situation there. Not the uh, not the Mapangi you and I remember from our uh, from no, not at days. all. Very different. Uh, okay, thank you, Grant. Nice to talk to you. Great topic today. Okay, Dr. Dr. Grant Morris from Victoria University of Wellington.